Welcome to Manna for Breakfast, the daily Bible reading devotional which chronologically takes you through the Word of God from Genesis to Revelation in one year. Grab a cup of coffee and your Bible and join us as we journey together through God's Word. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Manna for Breakfast. How are you guys doing? Here, it is about a chilly, I'm thinking, 73. Yeah, just turned to 74. Having a nice morning. And the sun is up and people are returning. We've had lots of people packing out Costco, lots of people on the streets. It's back to what it was definitely pre-COVID for sure. And this is a very special day because it's my daughter Abigail's birthday today. She is visiting her sister over in Italy, and we are joyful there together. She's able to have a wonderful time visiting her sister, and she'll be down. All the kids will be down uh, just after just after Christmas for our family time together. So we're looking forward to that. And those of you guys remember her well, um, feel free to send her a little birthday wish over on her email or whatever she's uh, got over there. Um, She's a, well, let me know if you want to, I can forward something to her if you don't have her information. Anyway, uh, we are in Jeremiah 30, 43, I read it backwards, 43 through 45, at First Timothy 6 this morning, and I was looking at this day in trivia, not a whole lot of real interest, the first internet worm, uh, November 6, 1988, <laughs> great. Uh, the first felony conviction in the U.S. for computer fraud. Uh, he wasn't trying to do any harm, he said, just an experiment gone wrong. He was trying to gauge the size of the Internet. The worm was programmed to check each computer it found to determine if a worm was already present. If not, it would copy itself. However, it also copied itself 14% of the time it did detect itself. <laughs> each copy of the worm slowed down the computer slightly. Some computers end up with so many copies it became slow and shut down. Wow. He was sentenced to three years probation, 400 hours community service, and fined $10,000. Hmm. Interesting. So the one I really just want to spend time on, just one more, is the Balfour Declaration to support the Jewish homeland Palestine because this is right in line with what we deal with, biblical prophecy. Everything we read about in the Bible is about God saying that he was going to bring the people back. We see all of this uh, emphasis in the Old Testament that they would be established. They would have a home. They would never be uprooted again. This all began in 1917, and this is, my opinion, many, many, many people's opinion, a completion of biblical prophecy. On this day, 1917, the Balfour Declaration was established It established British support for a national homeland for the Jews in Palestine. It read, His Majesty's government view with favor the establishment in Palestine of a national home for the Jewish people and will use their best endeavors to facilitate the achievement of this object. It being clearly understood that nothing shall be done which may prejudice the civil and religious rights of existing non-Jewish communities in Palestine or the rights of political status enjoyed by Jews in other countries. The British government is trying to encourage Jewish support, especially the U.S. and the Allied powers, against the civil powers during World War I. The declaration 
was formally approved by a newly created League of Nations, 1922. So there you go. The future UN is was approved at, which <laughs> will be the same UN that the Antichrist will use to try and dominate it, I guess. I don't know, but I thought that was interesting. This day, 1917, the Balfour Declaration. Very important. I don't want to deprive you of the dad jokes. I would never do that. We will see what we can come up with down here. This is some goofy ones. Of course there are. I'm just trying to get not too far ahead there. There we go. If you're feeling depressed, try drinking a gallon of water before you go to sleep. It will give you reason to get out of bed in the morning. <laughs> in the morning? Uh, yeah, if you make that long. My landlord told me we need to talk about the heating bill. Sure, I said. My door is always open. Uh -huh. All right, last one, just for uh, free, a free one in the end. I built a model of Mount Everest, and my son asked me if it was to scale. No, I said, it's just to look at. Okay. Now we can start. We are in Jeremiah 43. With that said, let's go ahead and pray, and we'll get into the Word today. Father God, thank you for this time. We ask you to bless it, guide us, and strengthen us in all that we are going to endeavor to do today. In Jesus' name. And I love this book. This is a powerful book. But as soon as Jeremiah, whom the Lord their God had sent, he finished telling all the people, all the words of the Lord their God, that is, all these words, Azariah the son of Hoshaiah, and Joanan the son of Kareah, and all the arrogant men said to Jeremiah, You are telling a lie. The Lord our God has not sent you to say you are not to enter Egypt to reside there. But Baruch, the son of Neriah, is inciting you against us to give us over to the hand of the Chaldeans, so they will put us to death or exile to Babylon. And Joanan, the son of Korea, and all the commanders of the forces and all the people did not obey the voice of the Lord to stay in the land of Judah. But Joanan, the son of Korea, and all the commanders and the forces took the entire remnant of Judah, who had returned from all the nations to which they had been driven away in order to reside in the land of Judah. The men and the women and the children, the king's daughters and every person that Nabuzaradan, the captain of the bodyguard, had left with Gedaliah, the son of Hikam, the grandson of Shaphan, together with Jeremiah the prophet and Baruch, the son of Neriah. And they entered the land of Egypt, and they did not obey the voice of the Lord and went in as far as Tephanes. And the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah, and Tephanes saying, Take some large stones in your hand and hide them in the mortar in the brick terrace, which is in the entrance of Pharaoh's palace, Tephanes, in the sight of some of the Jews, and say to them, Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Behold, I am going to send and get Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, my servant, and I am going to set his throne right over these stones so that I have hidden, and he will spread his canopy over them. And he will also come and strike the land of Egypt 
Those who are meant for death will be given over to death, those for captivity to captivity, and those for the sword to the sword. And I shall set fire to the temples of the gods of Egypt, and he will burn them and take them captives. So he will wrap himself with the land of Egypt as the shepherd wraps himself with his garments, and he will depart from there safely. He will also shatter the obelisks of Heropolis, which is in the land of Egypt, and the temples of the gods of Egypt he will burn with fire. Chapter 44. The word of the Lord came to Jeremiah. For all the Jews living in the land of Egypt, those who were living in Migdal, Tephanes, Memphis, and the land of Pathros, saying, Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, You yourselves have seen all the calamity that I have brought on Jerusalem and all the cities of Judah. And behold, this day they are in ruins, and no one lives in them. Because of their wickedness, which they committed, so as to provoke me to anger by continuing to burn sacrifices and to serve other gods whom they have not known, neither they, you, nor your fathers. Yet I sent you all my servants, the prophets, again and again, saying, Oh, do not do this abominable thing which I hate. But they did not listen or incline their ear to turn from their wickedness so as not to burn sacrifices to other gods. Therefore my wrath and my anger were poured out and burned in the city of Judah and in the streets of Jerusalem. So they have come to ruin and a desolation as it is this day. Now then, thus says the Lord God of hosts, the God of Israel, why are you doing great harm to yourselves so as to cut off from you man and woman, child and infant from among Judah, leaving yourselves without remnant, provoking me to anger with the works of your hands, burning sacrifices to other gods in the land of Egypt, where you are entering to reside, so that you might cut off and become a curse and a reproach among the nations of the earth. Have you forgotten the wickedness of your fathers, the wickedness of the kings of Judah, the wickedness of your wives, of your own wickedness, and the wickedness of your wives, which they committed in the land of Judah and in the streets of Jerusalem? But they have not become contrite even to this day, nor have they feared nor walked in my law or my statutes, which I have set before you and before your fathers. Therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Behold, I am going to set my face against you for woe, even to cut off all Judah. I will take away the remnant of Judah, who have set their mind on entering the land of Egypt to reside there, and they will all meet their end in the land of Egypt. They will fall by the sword and meet their end by famine. Both small and great will die by the sword and famine, and they will become a curse an object of horror, an imprecation, and a reproach. And I will punish those who live in the land of Egypt, as I have punished Jerusalem, with the sword, with famine, with pestilence. So there will be no refugees or survivors for the remnant of Judah who have entered the land of Egypt to reside there, and then to return to the land of Judah, to which they are longing to return and live. For none will return except a few refugees. Then all the men who are where that their wives were burning sacrifices to other gods, along with all the women who were standing by as a large assembly, including all the people 
who were living in Paphroth, in the land of Egypt, responded to Jeremiah, saying, As for the message that you have spoken to us in, this, in the name of the Lord, we are not going to listen to you, but rather we will certainly carry out every word that has proceeded from our mouths by burning sacrifices to the Queen of Heaven and pouring out drink offerings to her, just as we ourselves, our forefathers, and our kings and our princes did in the cities of Judah and in the streets of Jerusalem. For then... We had plenty of food and were well off and saw no misfortune. For since we stopped burning sacrifice to the Queen of Heaven and poured out drink offerings to her, we have lacked everything and have met our end by the sword and by famine. And, said the women, when we were burning sacrifices to the Queen of Heaven and were pouring out drink offerings to her, was it without our husbands that we made for our sacrifice cakes in her image and poured out our drink offerings to her? Verse 20, Then Jeremiah said to all the people, to the men and to the women, even to all the people who were giving him such an answer, saying, As for the smoking sacrifices that you burned in the cities of Judah and in the streets of Jerusalem, you and your forefathers, your kings and your princes and the peoples of the land, did not the Lord remember them and did not all this come into his mind? So the Lord was no longer able to endure it. Because of the evil of, of your deeds, because of the abominations which you have committed, thus your land has become a ruin, an object of horror, and a curse without an inhabitant, as it is to this day, because you have burned sacrifices and have sinned against the Lord and not obeyed the voice of the Lord or walked in his law, his statutes or his testimonies. Therefore, this calamity has befallen you as it has this day. Then Jeremiah said to all the people, including all the women, hear the word of the Lord, all Judah, who are in the land of Egypt, for thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, as follows, As for you and your wives, you have spoken with your mouths and fulfilled it with your hands, saying, We will certainly perform our vows that we have vowed and burn incense to the Queen of Heaven and pour out drink offerings to her. Go ahead and confirm your vows and certainly perform your vows. Nevertheless, hear the word of the Lord. All Judah who are living in the land of Egypt, behold, I have sworn by my great name, says the Lord, Never shall my name be invoked again by the mouth of any man of Judah in all the land of Egypt, saying, As the Lord God lives. Behold, I am watching over them for harm and not for good. And all the men of Judah who are in the land of Egypt will meet their end by the sword and by famine until they are completely gone. Those who escape the sword will return out of the land of Egypt to the land of Judah, few in number. Then all the remnant of Judah who have gone to the land of Egypt to reside there will know whose word will stand, mine or theirs. This will be a sign to you, declares the Lord, that I am going to punish you in this place so that you may know that my words will surely stand against you for harm. Thus says the Lord, behold, I'm going to give over Pharaoh, Hophra, king of Egypt, to the hand of his enemies, to the hand of those who seek his life, just as I gave over Zedekiah, king of Judah, to the hand of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon who was his enemy and was seeking his life. Chapter 45. This is the message which Jeremiah the prophet spoke to Baruch the son of Neriah when he had written down these words in the book of Jeremiah's dictation in the fourth year of Jehoiakim the son of Josiah, king of Judah, saying, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, to you, O Baruch, you say, Ah, woe is me, for the Lord has added sorrow to my pain. I am weary in my groaning and have found no rest. Thus you are to say to him, Thus says the Lord, Behold, 
What I have built, I'm about to tear down. What I have planted, I'm about to uproot. That is the whole land. But you, are you seeking great things for yourself? Do not seek them, for behold, I am going to bring disaster on all flesh, declares the Lord. But I will give your life to you as booty in all the places where you may go. So, there you go. Those people who were warned and who said, we read yesterday, we will do whatever you say. Go and treat it the Lord. Pray to the Lord for us, please. And we will do whatever God says. And they're asking Jeremiah specifically to go pray. So he does. Comes back and here's what he says. Hey, stay here. God will protect you. You'll have your vines. You'll have your vineyard. I mean, you have vineyards. You have your fields. You have your houses. And no matter what happens, Nebuchadnezzar won't touch you. You'll be fine. So it's a prophecy of of comfort. It's a prophecy of of getting more than they deserve, really. Because remember, they're worshiping the Queen of Heaven. These people are idolaters. And God is still saying, well, if you just obey me, you'll find out how good I am. I'm much better than the Queen of Heaven. And, and just trust me. I love the New Testament verse. It's it's your kindness that leads us to repentance, O Lord, knowing that he loves us. And this is what the prophet says in such a beautiful way to them. Just don't worry, guys. Even though even though your king was killed and you know Babylon's going to come, they're going to be mad and come into the land, I won't let them touch you. But what do they go? No, we decided that... Uh, whatever you prayed and whatever word you received is is not from God. It's from somebody else. And you're just trying to do this, take advantage of us. We had made up our mind anyway, we're going to go to Egypt, so it doesn't matter. So they go to Egypt, and, and obviously Jeremiah goes down there with them. I don't know if that, I can't remember if that was by force or by choice, but he goes down with them, and then he prophesies there. <laughs> you're going to be wiped out. I told you you're going to be wiped out. And they're going, no, 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 no. You're lying again because... We know that everything is falling apart because we're not worshiping the Queen of Heaven enough, which is, and, and I believe the Queen of Heaven, if you look into all of the, all of the mythologies, um, it's related to Astarte and it's Inani, and there's all of these pantheons of gods, and uh, mostly, they, they're not always female, by the way, they can actually transform between male and female, it's just goofy stuff. It, um, yeah. Ishtar, all these goddesses, which, which I know people get upset about. I mean, in certain <laughs> areas like Mexico, when you make a comparison to the Virgin of Guadalupe, you see, the Virgin of Guadalupe is unique to Mexico, and it really came about with the mix of the Indian mystic cultures. And I'll be covering that tonight a little bit. And a goddess they worshipped, and the Catholics coming in from Spain and trying to bring into them, you know, a, a reform them into into the Catholic Church. And she, she's called this is not Mary, the mother of Jesus. This is this invention, this uh, this idol that they invented, really called the Queen of Heaven, because they give her attributes that are not of Mary and uh, supernatural powers and you know all of this kind of stuff. So. There's always been a queen of heaven through different cultures that have always gone by a different name. And people make cakes to it and, and, and offer up offerings to it. 
and this is what's going on. And they're saying, we had to do it more. And he's saying, um, no. And they said it always went well with it for us when we did that. Well, not if you look at all the wars, not if you look at everything that they went through. The only time that there was really strong peace was David and Solomon when they were worshiping in the temple. But revisionist history, people like to look at history and revise and go, well, no, no, we were okay. I mean, we only had 20 wars. We didn't have this. We, you know, we only had so many pestilence and so many years of famine. It wasn't that bad uh, because they want to serve the flesh and they want to justify the flesh. So this is what happens. And they go down there and, and turn away from God even more. So God had actually given them a blessing, a blessing, allowing them to be the remnant. He says, I'm going to keep you guys here and let the nation of Israel restart with you. And so they were to be a model, really, to the rest of the Jews, the rest of the nation, on to come together, how to come back to the Lord, not under idolatry, but faithful. And of course, they weren't there in their hearts. They were never going to be there. So God says, okay, I'll let you do what you want to do because it's to your own destruction. You're taking yourself down into destruction. And of course, Egypt so often is a type of the world. They're going, we don't want you we don't want to live in the spiritual. We want to live in the world. And what is the world? Captive. It's captivity. It's bondage. So they're going back under the bondage of the world. They're placing themselves there, which is what so many people do. So there it is. And Jeremiah has to prophesy. We'll see who's right. Go ahead and believe your queen of heaven. We'll see who's right. And of course they are wiped out. But there's that small, small, small remnant that comes out of them, which comes back to Jerusalem. And don't you know, those are going to be the ones that reject the Queen of Heaven, that reject the idolatry of Babylon and Egypt and say, we're wrong, forgive us, Lord. And God allows them to come back. He starts dealing with them on an individual basis rather than on a collective group. First Timothy 6, 1. Timothy's instructions to those who minister. All who are under the yoke as slaves are to regard their own masters as worthy of all honor, so that the name of God and our doctrine will not be spoken against. Those who have believers as their masters must not be disrespectful to them because they are brethren, but must serve them all the more, because those who partake of the benefit are believers and beloved. Teach and preach these principles. If anyone advocates a different doctrine and does not agree with sound words, those of the Lord Jesus Christ, and with the doctrine conforming to godliness. He is conceited and understands nothing, but he has a morbid interest in controversial questions and disputes about words out of which arise strife and envy, abusive language, evil suspicions, and constant friction between men of depraved mind and depraved of the truth who suppose that godliness is a means of gain. But godliness actually is a means of great gains when accompanied by contentment. For we have brought nothing into the world, so we cannot take anything out of it either. If we have food and covering with these things, we shall be content. But those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a snare and many foolish and harmful desires which purge men into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all sorts of evil, and some by longing for it have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs.
but flee from these things, you men of God, and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, perseverance, and gentleness. Fight the good fight in faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called, and you made a good confession in the presence of many witnesses. I charge you in the presence of God, who gives life to all things, and of Christ Jesus, who testified the good confession before Pontius Pilate, that you keep the commandment without stain or reproach until the appearing of the Lord Jesus Christ, which he will bring about at the proper time. He who is the blessed and only sovereign, the King of kings and Lord of lords, who alone possesses immortality and dwells in unapproachable light, whom no man has seen or can see. To him be honor and eternal dominion. Amen. Instruct those who are rich in this present world not to be conceited or to fix their hope on the uncertainty of riches, but on God, who richly supplies us with all things in joy. Instruct them to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share, storing up for themselves the treasure of a good foundation for the future so that they may take hold of that which is life indeed. Timothy, guard what has been entrusted to you. Avoid worldly and empty chatter and the opposing arguments of what is falsely called knowledge, which some have professed and thus gone astray from the faith. Grace be with you. And you want to say amen. It should be, but I will. Amen. That's such a great statement. Um, I guess there were knowledgeable people in his fellowship. Timothy's a young guy. And maybe they were the rich, too. Maybe they were the ones looking for people to view them as very impressive. And, uh, you know, wow, you got one over on the pastor. He's just a young kid, and you're so smart. But arguing things that um, were not based on sound theology or things that are edifying. It was empty stuff, Um, flat earth stuff, King James only stuff, things that people want to just spout off and say, oh, well, I'm, you know, I'm sure this is, this is the way it is because look, we, you know, and they give you all of this information. And, uh, and if anyone thinks that King James is the only version um, that's ordained by God, that's fine. They can believe whatever they want, but they have a lot, a lot to contend with when you realize that it's a translation. And so you have to say, well, if you're really going to be an only, only Bible kind of guy, then you really ought to only go to Septuagint and you only ought to read it out of the Greek. If you're dealing with New Testament stuff or only Hebrew if you're dealing with Old Testament stuff. And uh, because once you get into translations, you realize that there was, you have to go into the translations and why and how and, and who did them and look at the strengths and the weaknesses. And the best scholars of King James that themselves read King James, those which translated the King James themselves, newer versions, you know, have said, and I've listened to them say, it's a great version, but it's not in flawless. It's not the only one. There are problems with it. They made mistakes in it. And they actually, they rushed to print the King James, the first version, because of something that was going on during with the king in those days. It's, it's an interesting story. But 
those are the things that Christians like to kind of bring up in the church and stir up strife and dissension. And he's going, hey, don't get in. Don't go there. Don't go there. And, and here's the issue. If you have a conversation within the church with somebody that is with gentleness and respect, um, and they're just, hey, just sharing my heart. Hey, did you know? And what do you think? And you can, you can reason together. That's what the Bible says. We're to reason these things out and see if they're so. That's the value of Bible studies, and that's why we do these things. But when they get contentious, um, another big one, um, Jesus only, uh, baptism in the name of Jesus only, the oneness Pentecostals, which says, you know, there's no trinity. It's just God, the Father, Son, but they're separate, and there's no trinity. It's in the Jesus' name only. Now that's a whole different thing. Now they've gone away from the foundational truth of the Bible, and now those things are very contentious, and you always sense it. There's always this sense of, of trying to win you over because they know they're right, and it's all about winning the argument. It's not about building up anybody in the faith. And so these are the things we, that Timothy is now being told, don't let that happen. Don't let people do that to you. Be teaching the word. Strive for excellence. Keep the faith. Keep the faith, Timothy. That faith which you learned from Paul, the faith from the initial that you know is true, and don't let people tear that away from you. All right, going on to Charles Spurgeon. Heavenly wealth. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk upright. Psalm 84.11. Many pleasing things the Lord may withhold, but no good thing. He is the best judge of what is good for us. Some things are assuredly good, and these we may have for the asking. Jesus Christ our Lord. Holiness is a good thing, and this he will work in us freely. Victory over evil tendencies, strong tempers, and evil habits, he will gladly grant. And we ought not to remain without it. Full assurance he will bestow, and near communion with himself, and access into all truth, and boldness with prevalence at the mercy seat. If we have not these, it is from Want of faith to receive and not from any unwillingness of God to give a calm and a heavenly frame, great patience and fervent love, all these will he give to holy diligence. But note well that we must walk uprightly. There must be no cross purposes or crooked dealings, no hypocrisy, no deceit. If we walk foully, God cannot give us favors for that would be a premium upon sin. The way of uprightness is the way of heavenly wealth. Wealth so large as to include every good thing. That seems to dovetail really nicely into what we just read in First Timothy. To be of heavenly minded of the good things of God and focusing on those and know and not the other things and, and watch what God can do and watch how God can bless, and the amazing way he can bless. But when we go afoul, when we go, uh, what was the, the word he was using? He uses some great words, <laughs> so many great words I would never think to, to use. Um, then he is going to not allow us to reap the benefits of a spiritual communion with him. 
when we're contentious, when we want to build up a name for ourselves, when we want people to notice us, uh, want us to notice that we're rich in the church and we've got everything and they don't, or whatever it is. You know, uh, not only contentious attitude, but prideful attitude. God says that. It's going to hold you back. Don't go there. Okay, so prayer for today. As always, praying for the sick. We are praying for those that are accepting getting to know the Lord or coming into a new faith because my own personal opinion, the harvest time is happening. I think we're in the initial stages. Well, you know, we've probably been in it for a long time, but we're coming into a new time out of the COVID crisis before the next one, whatever that is. But we're coming out and people are coming out of their homes. They've reevaluated their lives. Some have new jobs and kind of a new start. They're coming back down here on vacation. And there's a lot of things, people moving around. So there's a lot of reevaluation going on. And this is not me saying this, but a lot of people saying this all over. There's a lot of reevaluation of what's important, what's not important in people's lives. They've had a chance to stop and think about it. So the Great Reset, while it's been used by the globalists for their own evil intent, it has had a uh, positive side that people are looking at eternity and looking at their mortality and realizing how short this life is. And so they're asking questions and they're seeking truth. So let's be praying for the harvest like never before and watch what God is going to do. He's... um, you know, there are churches exploding now, certain parts, areas, hopefully up there in Canada too, uh, but here in the United States, uh, I should say there in the United States, and we're seeing growth here. So let's just be praying for God to continue that work, continue to bring people in, and see that as, as God's confirmation to us that he's coming back. So, Father, we do pray and thank you for what you're doing around the world. We thank you for the amazing thing going on in Iran the largest Christian church in the world right now, or at least the most rapidly growing church. We thank you for them. We don't want to forget it. We don't want to forget the works that you're doing there, the works you're doing in so many people's lives, revealing yourself to them through dreams and visions, as even you did here in our own fellowship to Kevin. Thank you for touching his life and Lee and just doing amazing things. God, it just is confirmation to us how you're working supernaturally and doing so many things. We're thinking of Kristen, forgive me, Kristen, if I got your name wrong, but um, who's dealing with her situation with the Lyme disease and how you are revealing yourself to her little by little, God, showing your truths and your love to her. And God, we continue to pray for her healing and that her healing in her whole spirit, that she continue to be drawn close and see what a great, great love you have for her and how you want to continue to draw her closer and bring her into total healing. But we thank you for those who have come through the fire, God, of the trials of this life and have seen you and have found you and come into a knowledge and a, and a love and a relationship with you. So we celebrate that, God. We thank you for it and for the, what you are continuing to do in all of these countries. And we know in the looming war that's on the horizon of Ukraine and Russia. So many people are crying out to you, looking up to you. We thank you for the missionaries that are over there serving tirelessly, working with the refugees and working. We thank you that Tony and Bernice are back. Thank you for using them over there during that time. 
But for those that are still there, we thank you and ask that you continue to guard them, keep them safe, and just bring it into this war, that there might be this one last desperate opportunity for peace, which seems to be out there, that's been thrown out there by Russia. We pray that it, uh, we pray that you can uh, now do that work. So we want to pray for different needs that are going on in the body of Christ. God, people that are moving, we know that Jesse's moving uh, from down south. We just pray that you bless him and Sylvia as they get settled. Thank you for their opportunity to move up here and be serving with us and, and just part of the fellowship. That's exciting. Thank you for moving recently, Ugo and Pablo, that they're settled in now. And uh, we see a number of people that are going to be just transitioning. Mary and Mike's got to go back. Thank you for you've used them and, and bring them back, God, and heal her with her hearing issues that you get her healed up quickly from her surgery. Pray for Miss Madi, who has been trying to move to her new location to have her business, trying to be faithful and a good servant, God, and doing everything she can to do things correctly, but she can't get electricity, a new electricity, and she can't run her business if she doesn't have electricity and she can't complete her move. So we need a miracle, God. We ask that you would do a miracle with the electrical company, that they would see the need and respond and get her power. So thank you for what you're doing there. We want to thank you for using Rennie, Doty, and Tom, and Deborah, and Rancho de Dios, uh, that you would continue to bless that ministry and use them as you see fit, God, for your kingdom as they move around, as they're back and wanting to do ministry down there. And uh, thank you for the ministry and what you did in, at the Hallelujah Night. May it continue to bear fruit. And may the people become excited, those who came to visit for the first time to see it. God, we just pray, bring them back. Bring them back. Let them see that that love that it was there with all those kids is your love for, for us, all of us as your kids, and that they may come to know you through that. So thank you, Father. Continue to bless Juan Carlos and heal him, Maria Elena, uh, all those that are struggling up north with that many, many different treatments, uh, Adam with his cancer treatment, and uh, all those that are still having to take medication, uh, either for their cancer or for their heart or for different issues. They're trying to get their blood pressure under wraps and get that all set up. So we just pray for them, for their healing and for their strength. God, guide us and, and bless us tonight as we go through your word. And to this day, God, here in Mexico, <laughs> Day of the Dead, let this be for us the day of the living, the day of light, the day of joy. Let us be the exact opposite of that which the world likes to promote and embrace and celebrate we celebrate life, we celebrate immortality, we celebrate you. And Father, help us to be that light during this day. And we pray that uh, people would come to a knowledge of you, even on this day. So guard your church and bring your light in. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, everybody, that will do it for this morning. We will see you, look forward to seeing you this evening at 6.30, if you would. Please come. It's going to be good. It's going to be interesting. Going to be looking into this whole issue about the Day of the Dead. Okay? So we'll see you there. Bye-bye.